you could have a fire. I'm from California. We have unfortunately wildfires all the time, right? And uh, it's a fire that has no sustainable burn, does a lot of damage, goes crazy, and then burns out. It's gone as quick as it came, right? Uh, and then you can have a place like a mantle with no fire in it, and it's clean, it's whitewashed, it's beautiful, but it's lost its purpose. It has no more fire in it, right? So the Lord started to show me, you got to have the both and. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. Today on The Killing Fire, I have a new friend. So first off, I just got to say, thank you, God, and thank you, Instagram. <laughs> okay, this is a complete Instagram relationship. Like, <laughs> like, like, I reached out to him or he reached out to me and we found that we, we had all these joint friends um, and, and ran with, and certain people on my podcast, et cetera. And he reached out to me and we got together and I was like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> so it's Taylor Jensen. Uh, he is a uh, pastor out of San Diego, and some of our connections are related to Youth with the Mission, and uh, where he was a missionary working with uh, uh, Andy Bird and some other people that have been on the show mm -hmm. with Fire and Fragrance. And that is my, in that's all I got to do. Like I just introduced, the rest is yours. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> that's great no i feel it too i same thing i care one of us connected on instagram i started looking at the kindling fire podcast and my my heart came alive and i was like oh this guy and i we resonate on the exact same things we got to connect there's something here so so honored to be with you today this is great so um so one of the things i want to say is that um we are brothers who burn like, yeah, like yeah. we're not of the same sort of generations. Like I'm going to be older than, than you, but man, like the fire of God, first off, you've got a, um, a website called fireplacefaith.com. Is that right? Yep. That's correct. Fireplace faith. Yeah. Yep. And I tell you what, you know, just as a shout out for all those people that are doing ministry and you have fire in the name, I'm probably interested, but that's a yes. side note. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Find me on Instagram. If you have the name fire in your ministry. <laughs> It's worked before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but one of the things I loved in, in getting to know you and, and um, just kind of connecting with our, our mutual interests was this passion you have. And I've looked at your site and I've, we obviously getting to know you before the show. Um, I mean, you have a passion from the Lord for, for sustaining the fire presence yeah, of yeah. God. Yeah. And, and if you've been a Christian very long, you probably have had experiences where like, wow, like that church service, that retreat, that conference, that speaker, that prophet, that mm. this, that missions trip, that experience. Oh man, I just want to sustain it. And then it doesn't. Right. Right. It just doesn't, the fire goes out or, you know, the bills croach encroach in or something happens. Right. Right. 
Right. And, and I think the thing I'm so excited about you coming on the show and kind of sharing your heart is because I want for the listeners of the Kindling Fire to know that guys like you can sustain the fire of God. That's right. Yeah. All right. And I'll say one more thing. I know I'm being long winded of this, all this stuff, but here's here's my last, my last, uh, and then I'm going to hand it over to you is um, (laughs) Romans uh, 12, 11. And it says, um, oh gosh, Romans 12, 11. It says, uh, never be lacking in zeal. Mm. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Yeah. Guys, that's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. It's not for some. Like legit in the Bible says, never be lacking in zeal. And if you're listening to this show, you might be lacking in zeal. Uh, and keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So how do we keep that spiritual fervor? How do we right. keep that fire? So Taylor, I, you know, I said I, that's all I had to do, but apparently I'm great at talking. So I'll, I'm going <laughs> to shut up. <laughs> Hey, it's, you're kindling the fire. That's what's happening. That's right. It's, getting, it's going. Fired it's up. burning. So, so t- tell us a little bit. Of, uh, let's start with the concept of the fireplace, because that was a great, when yeah. you shared that with me, I just thought it was powerful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, so uh, I was I was at a weird place where I had come out of just seeing revival in the nations. I was living as a missionary in uh, China, North Korea, Cambodia, Colombia like hardest, darkest places. That's where I was happiest, actually, you know. And then what happened is the Lord uh, called me back to San Diego. And uh, man, it it was, I found it was harder to burn in San Diego working than it was in North Korea, you know, or Cambodia. And it seems backwards because what happened is all the comforts and all the things set in, you know, and uh, all the distractions and the different culture and all that different things. And I had this tension in my heart about, Lord, how do I stay radical for you, but also have a nine to five job, you know, and uh, do live in America, honestly, you know. And when I was asking that question, seeking the Lord, I heard uh, he actually woke me up in the middle of the night. I just woke wide up, wide awake. And I heard the phrase, build me a fireplace. And and I was like, what? And I heard build me a fireplace. I heard it three times. And that was it. And I didn't know what it meant. And so I went on this, this search to say, okay, God, what does it mean uh, to be a fireplace for the Lord? And the Lord began to show me that there's, there's two parts, parts of the fireplace. You know, there's the fireplace is designed to be a place for sustainable fire, right? You could have a fire. I'm from California. We have unfortunately wildfires all the time, right? And uh, it's a fire that has no sustainable burn, does a lot of damage, goes crazy, and then burns out. It's gone as quick as it came, right? Uh, And then you can have a place like a mantle with no fire in it, and it's clean, it's whitewashed, it's beautiful, but it's lost its purpose. It has no more fire in it, right? So the Lord started to show me, you got to have the both and you got to have the the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Ghost, you got to have signs, wonders, miracles, presence of God going for it, but you got to build a sustainable place to keep it going all your days. So it's not just a conference or a memory or like the days of old, golden years, things like that, you know? Uh, and so he was showing me, you got to do that, you know, through, and he started to give me a long list of all these different things, you know, of how do you keep the fire burning? But then what are the, the, the places, the disciplines of things you got to set in place to keep that fire going, you know, back all the way back to Leviticus where it says, do not let the fire on the altar go out. You know, mm-hmm. that became an anthem in my heart of we can't let this fire go out. I have to believe I can burn 
just as intense for God in a cubicle in America as I can as a missionary in North Korea. Same God, same faith. I have to be able to burn to the same degree, you know? And so that's what sent me on this journey. And the Fireplace Faith blog is really me just on that journey of telling people, hey, these are things I do to keep the fire going. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one point, and then I've got a question. So one thing, sure. uh, just for the listener's sake, um, why would, uh, I just want to respond to this question, then we'll kind of get into the other part. Um, why would, why do you think God does esoteric things? Like ask you a question, makes a statement to you. And you're like, what does that mean? What does that why do you think he that? does that? Right. Well, first off, it's totally biblical. You see it all the time with the prophets where they ask him and uh, or God asks them a question you like in Ezekiel 37, son of man, can these dry bones live? Right. And then and then Ezekiel's smarter than me. Ezekiel just said, uh, you know, God, he just said, I don't know. Whereas with me, I just said, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> and so. <laughs> right. And so God, I think he asked these questions because then it draw two things. It draws us into a deeper uh, relationship with him. And it's kind of this this it creates a tension in our heart of can there be more to this, you know, yeah. and it pulls us deeper into a wonder and a relationship. If God just said, Hey, um, I'm going to do this. That's one thing. But when he asks you the question, he's inviting you into a deeper relationship with him. And then at the same time in Psalms, it says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And then the glory of Kings to seek it out. I believe that the heart of God, he's looking for who are the people who will seek after me to find the real treasures of my heart because it's a relationship, you know? And so he's saying, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to throw out a question and maybe a thousand people hear the question, but only one person says, I'm not going to stop till I figure out the answer. And then they get the reward of the deeper parts of God's heart. You know, many are called, few are chosen. I think the chosen ones are the ones who are like, here I am. I'm going to press in until I find the answer to you, God, you know, and and connect with your heart. Yeah. So you said it so good, man. I I think that um, men can get frustrated with that aspect of God where where we want him to be like black and white, super direct, like even increase the volume because I got all this stuff going on. And this whole sort of uh, invitation Right. Like the curious, the it's uh, like I think about Moses when he saw the burning bush. It wasn't like he got smacked in the face with the burning bush. He yeah. saw a curious thing. It like caught his yeah, eye. Yeah. It caught his and attention. It says he it was turned like, aside. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah. what, what's that? So or what's totally. that about? And so um, absolutely. Right. It's a glory of kings to seek out a manner. And the Lord is looking for for men and women that that have that like I'm. I'm going to go that next level. Yeah, right? yeah. And God is like the inviter. Come on, come on. But he's mm-hmm. not. And then you find those deeper treasures further into the Canyon, like way into the Canyon after right. usually a fairly long journey. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So that, so that's the, the, so thank you for sharing that. That really helps. Uh, the other piece I was going to ask is I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. 
No, it was, oh gosh. I don't mean, no, I'm such I, a bad host. Okay. No, 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 no. I've literally been preaching before and I said, and I forgot what my point was. <laughs> so I've done yeah. it. It's, it happens. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think that the thing I, I, uh, oh, this is what it was. Hey, yay. Hey, um, it's this, you're in San Diego living. Yeah. And I've been in those mission settings. You were longer in those mission settings, but I understand the sort of austere nature of mission settings, like the food's not familiar. You're not necessarily sleep on the most comfortable bed. You may be sick. You know, there's, there's stress there's, and all your focus is like survival and gospel <laughs> or gospel right. and survival, but it's like yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. simple, right? It's not, like, yeah. you know, like what, what flavor of Starbucks will I have today? It's, it's, right. it's like really narrowed in and you're just kind of like, that's it. So the question right. I have for you, God calls you back to San Diego and you're kind of like exploring this. Can you give us like a, a couple items that you're like, this helped me sustain a fire? Like that I experienced, you know, in my other setting, my mission setting, but I was in a cubicle or I was back in San Diego. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. That was the big struggle for me is it seemed like we have this missional mindset that says when I'm in another nation, like I am a missionary, people are supporting me to be here. They're praying for me to be here. I'm going for it. And we know how to like, that's our, that's our only goal. But then a lot of times what happens is when we come back home and we're working that job or we're going to college or school, or we're doing the different things, right? It almost seems like missionary becomes second, third, fourth place, you know? Mm. And what happens is we think the missionaries are the people who go out there, right? Uh, Beyond America, right? I, maybe I can help support a missionary, but I think what had this shift in my mind was, no, 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 you are now a missionary in America, right? You are still on the front lines of being a missionary, but you're a missionary at this company. You're a missionary at Starbucks. You're a missionary at the movie theater. So then what I had to do is I started to think, okay, what were the things I did as a missionary in Cambodia? I asked people if I could pray for them. I asked people if I could share the gospel with them. I did uncomfortable things, (laughs) right? You were purposely uncomfortable. Um, But then what happened is when we're here and we're on our lunch break at work, we want to be comfortable and we just want to rest for a moment. Right. So what, so then we kind of stop taking risks. So one of the main, main things that I had to start doing was to start taking risks again, you know, and to start putting myself out there exactly like I did when I was in Cambodia. Right. So what I started doing is I would get to the front of Starbucks and I would ask the barista right after my order uh, you know, if, if I could pray for her for anything, you know, and then she'd be shocked and I could share the gospel with her. My fiance and I, we would sit, we go out, uh, and we, uh, order at a restaurant and we try to make it habit to always try to get a word and pray for our waiter. And okay. Yeah, first off, people, so not yeah. a lot of people know what you mean by, I know, like, like I've been in charismania, so I know what a oh, word is. A so word. what's a word, yeah, sure, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what we do is we take a moment, we ask God, God, what do you want to say to encourage this waiter here, right? And uh, so what we do is we, it's like, it's a prophetic word, right? But what we do is it's just a word to encourage, to build up, to edify. And we take a moment and we take a risk. We say, God, what do you want to say to this waiter? And then we usually write it down. 
And then we, they come over and it's great because they have to stand there for a few seconds with us. <laughs> you know, they're being nice. And we just encouraged and we said, hey, we prayed for you. And this is what we felt like the Lord said and wanted to encourage you with. And then we give them the letter, you know, and then make sure you tip them really well just to not be mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so, but we've had people break down crying as they were a waiter. We had one person say, can you pray for my foot? We prayed for their foot and they got healed right there in the Olive Garden, you know, <laughs> right? We've seen uh, this happen at the movie theaters. We, uh, I was buying a ticket and I felt like the Lord just pulled my heart to like, you got to share my love with this lady. So behind, you know, the glass window where you speak in the mic, I got real close to the mic and I said, hey, it just feels like God wants to tell you he loves you and he's with you today. And she just starts crying right in the middle of doing her job selling <laughs> tickets. And I started to realize people in America here, people in San Diego, they are just as lost, just as broken, just as messed up as the tribes in Cambodia, right? They're just as in need of God. But we just assume in America that everyone has heard the gospel and maybe they don't want it, right? And that they're too busy to care for it. But when you stop someone in the middle of the day, in the middle of their job, and you encourage them in the Lord, tell them Jesus loves them, it rocks their their life, you know? And they, they just say, whoa, and God breaks in in those moments. So it's it's exactly like living as a missionary, but just here, you know, just my mission calling is this job and I'm going to share the gospel at this job. Right. So I worked in a cubicle, you know, two months after, or two months after being in Cambodia, I find myself in a cubicle and I'd be praying, asking the Lord for, for prophetic words from my coworkers, you know, and everyone knew I was kind of the weird Christian. Right. And they, you know, it, it was cool. But two or three years later, they were coming to me asking me of, to hear about God, you know, I had uh, one guy hated Christians. He was homosexual and a basically hated Christian people and a lawyer. He comes to me after getting to know him through relationship and sharing the gospel with him multiple times and asks for prayer and tells me, you're not like any Christian we've ever met, you know, and, and actually says to me, you know, uh, what one of them said, if I were ever to become a Christian, it's because it's just because of you, you know? And that blew my mind because I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was just trying to live as a missionary in my cubicle, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it really, that's what it is, is you got to do the same things you would do in the nations in America because you are in the nations still, right? America is a nation on God's heart. And you as a Christian are chosen to be a missionary on the front lines. Every Christian is on the front lines of ministry. It's not just pastors or missionaries. If you're saved, you're called, you're called and you're in it and you're going for it. You know, I understand that mind shift, right? So, cause, um, <clears throat> that was very much the mind, you know, when we were on mission, we were on mission, right. like we were doing all kinds of things. And then I've come here and I've been like, so when do I get compelled to do things, you know, or, or, or and right. I don't understand the, the context. I mean, people were supporting us, you know, it was, it, there was a context around it. Whereas when we come back, the expectation is, a. I want to say the bar is so low. It's like, would you please just show up to church and be passive and listen to us? Preach? Right. It's like, right. really? Like, that's right. it? Well, I guess I can do that. But then, right. and then they start, and then you start to see the faith and the fire that we started off this, this podcast with, you know, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord start to right. wane and wane and wane and wane. And you start to really just through kind of sinking into the American way, 
you are disobeying that scripture. Totally. Totally. And that, that's what convicted me. When you look at in Second uh, Samuel 11, it talks about what it's the chapter where David, King David, man after God's heart, radical for the Lord. When he fell away from the Lord with Bathsheba, the opening line, it says, when kings normally go to war, mm-hmm. he sent Joab instead. And it's this idea of we've sent out missionaries into the nations and pastors and things like that. But, but he should have been there. When he took himself off of the front lines, that's when he began to fall, right? And so we as Christians, we got to do things to actively keep our hearts on the front lines of ministry, you know, while we're in America. You know, when we think, oh, I'll send somebody else in my place, that's when we get comfortable and passive and we think the gospel is someone else's job, you know? And you'll find that our hearts begin to, like you said, the fire begins to dwindle out at the same time. You know? Yeah. So taking risk. I mean, that's, that's a big yeah, one. Like risk. you can, I mean, if you don't want to listen to the rest of the podcast, that's fine. Now start, go yeah. take risk, turn <laughs> it off risk. and go do something. Right. Exactly. Do <laughs> but something hey, scary. if you want another one, <laughs> if you want to stick around, we're just going right. to add to the list. So you might want to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> right, just, just push pause. Go do something that terrifies you, and then yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it'll it'll be it's like an adrenaline shot to your spirit, though, and you wake up. It's hard to fall asleep on the front lines of war. You know, bullets Amen. flying everywhere. It's hard to become passive when you're on the front lines. So keep yourself on the front lines, and uh, you'll stay alive. You'll burn forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's. And that's so good. So, so taking rest is one. Is there another piece yeah. that you feel like is, yeah, this, this really helped as well, you know, to kind sure. of that, that fire burning. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple um, with the taking risk. It's the idea of in Matthew 10, seven, as you go um, for me, shifting from an event oriented mindset to a, as you go mindset, Jesus said, as you go, proclaim the message kingdom of heaven is near, you know, and he, he goes through that. He didn't say when you get there. He didn't say at this conference. He didn't say during this mission trip for a week. You know, he didn't say he's, it's as you go through life. So for me, I had to get, shift the mindset of this is a lifestyle. This is not an event, you know? So that was a big thing. When you, when you begin to realize every part of life is the mission field, that was a big shift to get the fire going again, you know? Yeah. Um, but another one I would say really is, um, a community. I got so blessed. I found an amazing church here uh, called Summit. It's in San Marcos area here. And I found like-minded people who were also burning and we did it together. There's a reason why Jesus said, you know, go out in twos, right? Because you need that encouragement. You need that community. You need people with you. So they, they, you stoke each other's fire. You take risks together. You know, you fail together, you succeed together, you laugh together, you cry together. So another big thing was get a community that's on fire for God as well. Mm. You know, mm. that, that really helped me keep my fire going when I found like a, a community that lived and breathed revival, you know, that kind yeah. of a thing. You, you got to find that. And they're out there. It's sometimes it feels like they're not, but God promised when Elijah was like, God, I'm the only prophet left. God said, you know, I have thousands of others. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, I, Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, and yes, right? I felt that. Like, I felt that loneliness, right? It's just like, I want to go. And sometimes it's like, it would be so much easier if I had a friend, you know, that was crazy and could do crazy, would do crazy things. Because I know I'm crazy, but it's more intimidating to be crazy by yourself. Right. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of like, 
you know, it's kind of nice to share the crazy. <laughs> it's true. We're crazy together. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it happened just uh, last Friday. Uh, there was a younger guy. I was trying to teach him this lifestyle of doing evangelism. So we were at the movie theater and we full on, I said, I was just trying to show him. Right. And so we walk up to this guy together. My friend's super scared, but he, he's doing it with me. We're so proud. And I shared the gospel with the dude and I got shut down so hard, right? So hard. The guy just said, nope, get out of my way and walked away, right? But I turned to my friend and we just fist bumped and we said, hey, that's the worst it's going to get. Like way to go. We looked crazy together. Uh, we did it together and it was awesome. And then we encouraged. And if I, was, if I was alone, I'd be so much more discouraged. But because I had the friend, he literally was like, dude, that was awesome. You face planted so hard. That was so great. And then we got up, we got up. Yeah. Shout out to your book there too. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but we got up again and then we went and we prayed for the next couple and the next couple got radically encountered by Jesus and they're crying and giving their lives to the Lord and everything that directly after the face plant. And it was because I had a friend who said, that was awesome. Good job. Let's do it again. Right. So you've got to get that community who can encourage you when you succeed and when you fail, who can say epic face plant, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, and I would say from a, from a take risk standpoint, like yeah. he's just not worth you being embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, come on. Is he right. not worth an uncomfortable moment? I mean, yeah. he gave his very life right. and we're worried about some awkwardness. Right? right. And I think that's where the hometown stuff, you and I had a quick conversation. I don't know. We have, we got like five minutes, but maybe you could share it really quick in this last sure, five minutes sure. is about when your hometown and the Lord leads you to do something with people that are like, you're going to see him tomorrow. Yeah. It's not a one-off like, Hey, right. that was crazy, but I'm not going to see yeah. you again. So, right. <laughs> you know, so can you share a little bit about like taking oh, yeah. risks with, with people that you might see again and getting it wrong sure. or getting it right either way? Yeah, absolutely. It, I found it was way scarier to uh, try to share the gospel with the, the barista that I'm going to see tomorrow who knows my order than it is with the random dude in Nepal, you know, that I'm never going to see again. It was way scarier, you know, because you're like, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy every day when I come in here, you know. Mm -hmm. And so a couple things is one, still take the risk, stay, take, take the step of faith. And honestly, I found that when you're like humble about it and you just admit when you're off, you know, they don't really care. And if you're a nice, loving person, you keep encouraging them, they'll think, ah, oh, he's a little crazy, but he's a really nice guy, you know? And I actually discovered that people are way more forgiving uh, than you would think when you get it wrong. So for example, I went up to this lady, see her every day, favorite burrito shop, just love it, right? Go up, get my California burrito there. And uh, I see her every day and I said, hey, you know, I, I just you're on my heart and I just feel like the Lord, I just wants to encourage your children, maybe like there's something going on there and he's with them and she's just silent listening. So I think, yeah, I'm on it, you know, and then, uh, and then I'm on fire. She's on, I'm on fire. I'm kindling the fire right now. <laughs> right. And uh, and then and then literally she. This happened. She looked at me. She goes, I'm not married and I don't have any children. And I was, oh, okay. You know, but then I just said, well, hey, I got, and I just told her, this is a line I use all the time. I am practicing hearing God, right? And I just tell them, hey, you know, I just took a risk. I'm practicing hearing God. But either way, Jesus loves you. 
and you're awesome. And she lit up and she smiled and she was like, oh yeah. Like she didn't care that I got it wrong. She actually lit up and felt encouraged when I said, but Jesus loves you. And I, I totally missed it, but Jesus, he cares for you. And then I see her every day and I still tell her, Hey, you know, and say your name and Jesus loves you, you know? <laughs> right. And it's almost like she forgot about the word that was ever wrong, you know? And I still see her every day and she just knows Taylor's a nice guy, loves Jesus and sometimes tries to give a word and, you know, <laughs> and that's it. Right. And so it actually, when I realized that, uh, they didn't care as much as I did, yeah. you know, like they, they thought they, they kind of went on their day and forgot about it and that's it. You know, um, I had other times too, where I went up to a guy I see every day and I tried to give him a, a word of the Lord. He told me I was completely wrong. And, uh, I just said, uh, that's okay. I'm just practicing hearing God. And, you know, and then all of a sudden he's like, Oh God. And he wanted to talk and had all these questions. And then I got to pray with him. And by the end of the conversation, he forgot that I ever even got it. You know, yeah. so take the risk still be bold, but as long as you're nice and genuine and loving and point them back to Jesus loves you at the end of the day, like, I don't need a word to just tell you Jesus loves you, you know, um, they're going to be fine, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and when you see them tomorrow, they'll just be like, he's fine, <laughs> you know? So where, so how can people find, uh, kind of go with you on this journey, right? You know, it's such a key journey where, where could they find yeah. more information? Yeah, definitely. So uh, right now, uh, mainly my blog uh, is fireplacefaith.com. I post weekly on there and I'm just kind of starting to grow that journey. The Lord told me to start spreading it out for other people as well to just get inspired and equipped and kind of ignite their fire. Uh, so uh, the goal eventually is to do more. But right now, I'm just being faithful. The Lord said, start a blog and go for it, you know, start telling yeah. people what to do to keep their fire going. And so uh, so you can find me fireplacefaith.com. I even just created a little ebook right now on how to hear God's voice and how you can practice to hear God. And it comes from a guy who has failed many times, right? And have learned how to like hear God more and more. And I just want to give all those resources I learned from the nations and from pastoring for so many years, uh, just for free, just to give them out to people, you know? So if you come to my blog, I'll give you that free ebook and I uh, would love to connect with you on there. Man, that would be awesome. And guys, if you're a listener here, you know how important it is to hear the voice of the Lord. And in fact, I did, did a show recently about hearing the voice of the Lord wrong. So here's right. a way to do it maybe right. I loved it. You know? yes. So listen, yeah. to my, listen to mine about hearing it wrong and then go to yes. Taylor's to hear it right. Okay. Yes. 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 No, I loved, I listened to yours when you talk about hearing it wrong and it was so refreshing. I'm like, there's some other crazy man out there who's got it yeah, wrong. Right. Like, this is so encouraging. And I think that's why I reached out to you actually after that. I was like, that was so encouraging, man. <laughs> That's funny. Well, look, Taylor, thank you so much for, for reaching out. And uh, yeah. man, I, I can't wait to continue this relationship and kind of see where God takes all of it and, uh, and keep burning, man. Yeah, you too. Keep, keep it going. Super inspired by your ministry. Thank you for all that you do. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on the Kindling Fire, just go to Instagram and you can just search my name, Troy Mangum, or the Kindling Fire and you will find our page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're doing video podcasts as well. Okay, guys, go and be awesome.